to the Lean on Agile show. I'm your host, Shaheen, and I have a great friend of mine, Dr. Andreas Bain from um, Germany. I got to know him through the Kanban community. He's an AKT and AKC, and I'm very happy to have him uh, um, in our show to, to speak to him. Thanks, thanks Andreas, to, to accept uh, my invitation and being on the show. Thank you very much, and thank you for inviting me. I'm very excited. No problem. No problem. So, so tell us, tell us, who is Andreas? Ah, who's Andreas? Yeah, interesting. Um, let, let, let me let me start. Um, I <laughs> who is Andreas? I didn't expect that question. Um, <laughs> I, I, I started I started 25 years ago as a software developer. So, um, right. in the 1990s, when the internet was coming up. Um, I got excited and I started programming and um, yeah, I worked for an internet agency um, developing uh, shop systems, payment systems. And it was a, it was a cool time because everything was possible. Uh, not so much was invented and the prices paid were good until 2002, then everything changed. But uh, and until then um, it was quite cool. But who, who's on Andreas? Andreas is the person who worked as a software developer for five years and then found out that he was not passionate enough. Um, <laughs> I, I wasn't too bad, but um, other people were simply better because they right. yeah, were much more technology driven than I was. And I found um, more or less by mistake that my passion and my interest lies in project management. And so I switched <laughs> from development to yeah, managing projects. And um, that, that was also quite cool in the software environment in, in the early 2000s. Um, and I very soon um, got in contact with what was later called Agile Methods. It was not Scrum, but I was working for a company, for a finance company, and uh, they, um, they developed following the rules of um, extreme programming, XP. And, that was very cool because it was cyclical and it was iterative and it was uh, working in small groups and um, working very efficiently. And that was my first contact with uh, the Agile community. Um, my first real Agile project was in 2005, I guess, for a major German media company. Um, that was a Scrum project. It was my first Scrum project. It was, ironically, um, a team which had decided on implementing Scrum for themselves to improve some, themselves. And I was there as a classical project manager, as a an, as an, uh, freelance project manager. Um, I was there to introduce the waterfall concepts, to introduce <laughs> classical project management for them, because they were so frustrated in their organization um, that they said we don't want to work in we don't want to work in sprints anymore. We don't want to work with a backlog anymore. We don't want to do all this user story stuff. We want to have a classical um, project management approach. And I was there to teach them how how to do that. Um, and yeah, it was very sad for the team because they were really frustrated. But I guess in that project, I learned um, so many things about what is agile thinking what is the agile mindset what does agility mean for a company um that i st 
still mention this project, although it was, yeah, it was the other way around. Yeah, it was not introducing the methods. And um, it catched me because um, I really like this, this concept of being adaptive and um, going away from when you think of when you think of classical project management, um, the, the success measure more or less was um, are we sticking to the plan? So you have a plan, a project plan, and the project plan is based on a forecast. And are we within the forecast? Yes or no? If yes, the project is fine. But nobody cares for the results of the project. Yeah. So are we are we creating a great product? Um, do do our customers really like what we are doing? That's not that's not in the concept. And I was catched by that, by these concepts, by these ideas. And then in in two thousand nine around, I found. Um, yeah, also more or less by mistake, I found Lean Six Sigma. So um, I did a Six Sigma training. I did my green belt, I did, my, I did my, my black belt. And that was interesting because it very, it, it matched very good with, 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 with the Agile method. So agility helped us to yeah, get rid of the plan in a way to, to do a more adaptive planning. And Six Sigma helped us to measure the success of what we were doing. So I, I really liked that. And um, yeah, then 2010, 2011, I was on a training for, I guess it was Prince 2. Yeah, it was a Prince 2 training. And um, the trainer who provided the training was from the Netherlands. And he told me, there is something new coming up. Take a look at it. It might be cool um, for what you're doing. And he said, it's called Kanban, okay. yeah. magic, okay. it's from Japan, it's so cool, yeah, and he introduced me to the main concepts and the core ideas of, of, of Kanban, and that was so great, because it's so easy, it's so visual, um, and you have all the tools you need to, to steer through projects, to manage projects, to get an overview of what the people are doing, to... Um, avoid overburdening of the people working in the project. So it was it was a, an eye-opener for me. And well, after that, um, I, 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 changed, I changed the way I was working very much because I started using Kanban all the time. Then four years later, around 2015, a colleague called me and said, um, well, we're going to a Kanban workshop and we need a third person to get a special pricing. So would you like to join us? And I thought, well, um, nah, I know a lot about Kanban. Yeah, okay, let's let's go there. And that's where I met Klaus Leopold. And that was a real booster for me because on, on one hand, it was the first time that I was explained Kanban from the beginning to the end. So all the concepts behind it, the concept of matrix, yeah, which was not in my world i was yeah, i had enough metrics from the uh, six sigma world but um Kalman introduced metrics for people who are not statistici statisticians yeah so you mm. could do it by yeah on the fly by by simply working and the second thing klaus did he introduced me to um his flight level thinking using Kanban not only for teams but also for whole organizations and that was pooh that was the mind blower and this is where it all began and that, that that's me 
Yeah, that that sounds sounds like a very interesting journey to have. Like I I, I have questions from from the days that you are you are in, at development. So how, like I I, I asked that question and I get us back to the Kanban times of yours. But I really interested in understanding or finding out how did you find out your passion? Because I have gone through the same. Um, same journey as well like I found out that there are better developers out there than me there are there more passionate people and I needed to find my passion so how what was there a turning point for you that you can share what was there anything that you remember of that time um yeah I I, I remember when I was working with a with a really good with a real really good developers and and the, I met some real good developers they were really in it. They lived for coding. They lived for um, finding solutions. And after having found the solution, improving the solution. For me, it was always, um, there's a question that needs to be answered by software code. And if the answer is there, I was fine. Then I could go out and have a beer with my friends. Right. Real passionate developers would never do that. They would say, okay, this is the first solution. Now let's improve it. Now let's make it perfect. And I never had that drive. And it, it took some time to find it out. But that, that was the major, yeah, the, the main difference between between me and and, and them. Right. So. But it seems that you had that drive when it comes to project management because you have two great lens, right? You learn Prince 2, you learn Lean Six Sigma, you learn Agile, you learn Scrum, you learn Kanban, and you flight levels, investing in Kanban, right? Yeah, exactly. So, um, I'm totally fascinated by the concept. I, I studied psychology later. I'm totally um, fascinated by the concept of what is a modern organization and how do organizations work? And when you look at classical organizations, you all have these hierarchical structures, you know, control and command. And um, a modern organization is more like an organism. Yeah, it's, um, of course, it has its major intelligence. Yeah, there's a brain. But um, when you think of the human brain, it's, it's a network. Yeah, you, you have a region in the brain, which is... Um, which is accountable for, for the strategy, where to go. Um, but all the other brain regions, they have their functions as well. And uh, the, 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 the brain keeps changing depending on the questions asked and depending on the challenges to be taken. And this is how I see an organization. I, 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 I find the concept of organizations thought as organisms absolutely fascinating. and. Um, yeah, this is where I found my passion. So developing organizations, helping organizations to uh, to change their ways of working, to be more adaptive. Um, right. This really drives me. And every every method that helps, helps. Right, right. And then um, and, uh, you talked like at least twice about being adaptive. How adaptive was Kanban for you? Because I, I, I felt like you ended up using Kanban based on what you said, like moving forward, right, for, for everything. But did you find anything that was not adaptive or customizable in Kanban? Um, the short answer is no. <laughs> right. The longer answer is it took some time for me to understand. Um, mm -hmm. When I started with Kanban, it was clear for me it's a method located in 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 the business of software development, you know, right. where um, 
it took quite a while for me to understand that it's not a method for software development. It's a method for visualizing value streams and every part of the organization that creates value and hopefully most parts and organizations create value. Um, yeah, okay. Um, can be modeled in a Kanban system. And, and, and so I, I worked, I worked for, for the legal department of a, of a financial um, um, service provider. So far away from, from software development. So Great. they used Kanban to, um, to model their workflow and to model their, um, their value flow. And that was absolutely um, mind-breaking. It took some time for me to understand that. But that, that's why I say the answer is no. Everyone in the organization um, can use Kanban. I'm convinced of that. Yeah. Right. And what is the easiest way for, for people to get to the position that you are in to, to understand Kanban fully, that they, they see Kanban in its true um, value that it can bring? Any suggestions, any recommendations? Yeah, the, 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 the first step, I guess, um, is um, try it, experiment it, and, and, and see what it means to work with concepts like um, whip limits. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, this is, you can have, you can, you can, you can, uh, you can be part of an experiment, of a flow experiment where you can experience that. Um, you, you, can, you can maybe hear a great explanation about that. Um, in a way, whip limitation is counterintuitive um, because when you tell the people you have to limit the work in order to get faster, most people think, um, hey, what, what are you talking about? Yeah? If you want to get more work done, you need to work on more. And this is wrong. Right. You, can prove, you can prove that with Kanban. And once this understanding is um, in the people's minds, they are interested in what can I do with it? How can I model it with it? And then I would always say, okay, um, you should be trained professionally. So right. um, professional training is, um, I guess, also a very important step to, to right. understand and to find out which parts of the Kahneman method are um, important for you to introduce in the first step. Right. Yeah. right. Um, if you don't mind, I, I want to add something on, on the professionally being trained. I'm, act, I'm, I'm currently working in an engagement that I'm working from the team level to the, to the leadership level. And one of the, um, one of the uh, findings that I realized these days is that uh, I knew that, but I realized that in firsthand that the Kanban training that we have is not like other, other, other training that is specified for, for leadership, specified for team members, specified for a management level. We have the same um, training that we can apply at the leadership level, at the, at the team level, at the management level. So they were, they were asking me to, okay, so do a Kanban tra training for leadership. I'm like, oh, okay. So the Kanban training that I want to do for the leadership would, would be the same thing that I do for the team members, right? Why? And then I came to my mind that other frameworks that is out there, they have leadership training, they have, they have this training, they have that kind of training, right? So it's, um, it, it was an aha moment for me after a couple of years of teaching as well. And I go, oh yeah, this is, this is, this is cool. So, so, but it shows how, 
how um, general, not, not how general, how applicable it is, right? This Kanban and behind it is a method. It's not a framework, it's not a technique, it's a method, right? You can, can pick and choose like the way that you want. But I want to get back to you on um, telling us, you, know, you have, so some of the people that I talk to, like I, I would ask you this question, that um, you, 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 you experience a Scrum, you experience Agile without the Scrum, you experience, um, other uh, methodology prints to, as you said, Lean Six Sigma. Um, was was it um, the incompetency that you have in, in any one of them that led you into believing that those are not good enough and you move to Kanban? Or was it that you find something that, for example, uh, when I talk to the Scrum folks, they typically say you didn't do a Scrum right. If you were doing a Scrum right, you wouldn't need to move on to anything else, right? So what, what, are, what are your thoughts on, on, on those kind of um, uh, discussions that we see? Mm -hmm. um, um, now, yeah, th th thinking of, of Scrum, for example. So Scrum is an excellent method. I really love Scrum. But you have to know what you can do with it. Um, so Scrum is great for, for developing things. You have a backlog, you have a description of what you want to deliver. And then you have this iterative way of sprinting and reviewing um, the artifacts you are producing in order to um, yeah, build the product in the end, which is very, very related, um, closely related to your customers' wishes and desires. This is perfect. Um, when it comes to, but wh where, do, where do the backlog items come from? How do I fill up my backlog? I'm not sure if Scrum is the, the, the perfect method for that part of, right. of the journey, let's say. So um, Scrum is a perfect method for, for the question of delivering delivery or, 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 or working in, in, in projects, for example. Um, when you think of line management, um, so business as usual, um, where people do the work that simply has to be done every day, Scrum, I think, is not the perfect method because um, if, you, if you work on many work items which are not logically related to each other, it's very hard to, to provide a review at the end. And if you right. cannot do the, the review, the event of the review, um, one major force in Scrum is, is lost. It's just not there. And, and then Scrum is not the perfect um, um, method. Um, design thinking when it comes to creativity um, is very, very cool if you want to find out what, what is it your customer really wants, what do you want to deliver, but design thinking as a method does not help you to deliver it. Kanban is, for me, the, it embraces all these methods because in Kanban, we don't say, um, we look at how the people work, but we look at how they create value. So they can work with design thinking in the beginning of our, of our Kanban board or Kanban um, uh, work stream. And uh, later they can work with Scrum. It, it really doesn't matter. Another thing I found with Scrum is, and I'm not sure if this is a typical German problem or if other, if, or a cultural problem here. Um, when, when companies decide, well, um, the economical environment is changing. So for some reason, we are not performing as we are used to. So we have to change something. Then they go to 
to a conference and someone says you need to become agile and they decide okay let's get agile so let's introduce scrum for yeah because it's maybe the most famous or best known methods they start transforming their teams and turning them into scrum teams and then you have um, i don't know 10 scrum teams and the organization says okay 80 percent of our teams are now transformed to scrum so we are 80 percent agile and this totally goes wrong because there's one missing link and that brings me to 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 the flight level concept which is based on on, on kanman where we say we have three perspectives to perspectives to look at the organization we have level one which is the operational level this is where the people really work um, we have level two which is the end-to-end -end workflow it's the coordinative um, level and we have level three which is the strategical level where we decide what our company should should work on level three the strategy is there most companies have that if they do it good or maybe not so good it's not the question but some strategic level is there. The operational level is also there. Now imagine, imagine a company where 80% of 80% of the teams are transformed into scrum teams. Um, even if they are cross-functional, they have dependencies. They cannot avoid dependencies. Um, because you always have shared services. You at some point in time you need the marketing department, you need the legal department, you need HR, whoever. Yeah. Right. How does that fit um, with, with, with the Scrum team? And therefore, implementing this flight level two, the, this coordination level, helps us to coordinate between teams and between shared services. And this solves the problem Scrum alone, from my perspective, um, does not solve. Right. Right. In, in so far, Kanban as a method or flight level as a thinking model um, em embraces all these methods and connects them with strategy. And this is this is the magic for me. And that really works very, very well. And what, what you said before, sorry, I'm talking too much, but- um, No, this yeah. is for you. This is... <laughs> uh, what you said before, your, your aha moment when, when, you, when you notice that no matter where in the organization you, um, you introduce Kanban, it's self-similar. You, you understand that. So if even if the C-level people who work with Kanban look at a operational board on, on team level, they understand what they are doing because they understand right. the idea behind it. Um, it's the same in flight levels. So the, the system is always, so what we do is always the same. The difference is um, what the work items look like. And, and, and this is what we need to work on. So on the strategic level, the work item definitely looks very, very different compared to the work item we look at when we are on the team level, where we look at tasks. Yes. Yeah. So um, it breaks down. It's a cascade of, 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 of work um, flowing through the organization. But um, I, I'm absolutely on your side. It's a self-similar system. If you, if, you, if you understood how it works, you can look at any part of the organization and you understand how the... Um, work is organized or how the work is being managed. Right, right. Um, I think you mentioned this, that it's very simple method to use, but it's, it might be very hard to implement it, right? So, so that's um, that is what, what Kanban is. So um, how, how one begins with, with um, Kanban and organizations? 
where 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 do you typically begin you are a consultant when you are when you are when you are um, called in how do you in, start your engagement tell us more about that tell us tell us our audience more about that yeah so when i start working with the organizations it's um, mainly the question of how to in implement business agility so mm -hmm. get, getting rid of this uh, 80 percent of our teams are agile now how can we really um, implement business agility and um I think a good a good practice um, to start is identifying a flight level two system. Identifying so in Kanban we say an organization is a network of uh, is a network of of, of systems of, of Kanban boards in a way. Right. Um, so a good a good way would be find a value stream end to end through the organization. Um, which can be modeled as maybe as a pilot or as a proof of concept, whatever, and start developing, designing a board, a flow, which represents this end-to-end -end flow, beginning at where does our work come from? So the strategic entry or wherever your work comes from and ending with delivery to the customer or whoever might be um, uh, the part of the, or other part of the organization, whoever is um, the, the, yeah, whoever works with what, what we're delivering. Um, so a good practice is to model this end-to-end -end stream because it's a logical story. We can tell the people, um, we can identify the people we need because we know who is, who should be working on, on that, um, on that uh, on that board on on that system, and then most important, implement design design it is the first step. Design the board, design the system with the people who are affected by it. Never try to do it for the people, and it's the right. same with Canon. Never build a board uh, for a team and then tell them here's right. your board now work with it. You always have to um, engage the people to. Um, right. To, right. and if, to build and their if own I may board. say, uh, if I may say, I find this to be the hardest part of the consulting piece for for Canva. Don't you find it hard? Because they they get you there. They based on the experience that they have or expectation is they expect you to deliver something to to design that. And you are you are going there and saying that, oh, I'm going to work with you to design your system with you, right? So. Um, I'm not sure if it's only my experience, but I find it that typically when, when I get clients, they are like, okay, so you are not designing the board. I'm like, no, I, I need to tell them. I need to educate them, get them that the best people to design the board would be the people that are doing the job, right? So, so I need to get the management level to understand that first and then go and design the board with them. Because that's, uh, <laughs> that, that's you, you hit the nail, <laughs> hit the point for me there. Um, when I start an engagement, uh, just like you do, I, 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 I almost immediately tell them, I will not build your board. Oh, okay. Yeah, I should, I, I should I have don't, that policy explicit too. I, I even go further. I also say, I'm not even sure if a board is your solution. Right. Because the first thing we need to find out is what is your problem. Right. And then you can start talking with the people. Okay, wh what is the pressure you have? 
Um, what is um, the main thing you want to improve? Is it time to market? Um, is it is it overburdening, uh, avoiding uh, the overburdening of, of, of people? What is it? And then you can uh, go into the thinking mode with the people um, and, and just reflect with them what would help you or what could, could be help, helpful for you. Right. And then the board or working with the board could be a suggestion from my side. And um, in most cases, people involved and people who, who know that you understood the problem or the pain they have say um, they understand it and they, they say, okay, let's right. do it. What, what would our board look like? And then we can do a board building workshop. Right. But I, I never do it for people. It doesn't work. Right. So I, I know that we have a question coming from our audience. Um, um, I, I know Akeem is having a question. So please, um, please go ahead, Akeem, for, for Andreas. Yeah, thank you. Thank you, Shane. I appreciate it. Andres, it's been very insightful. Uh, I think a lot of the things you said so far is relatable. Um, uh, but, I, you know, some of the things that you said, I, I just had a question around them. And when you talk about dependency, like I, I, I get, you know, Kanban is one of the thing, one of the frameworks that a lot of, um, you know, folks in the agile space are pushing for now because they believe it's more effective over Scrum, right? Um, Scrum has been promoted for a very long period of time, but you know, a lot of agilists are saying, you know what, Scrum has been good. It's shown its effectiveness, but Kanban is more, uh, is more, is, is a much better fit uh, for a lot of things that a lot of organizations do today in terms of value delivery. Um, so I had a question around, um, you know, like how you mentioned, there's, you know, they're, they're in Scrum, you're going to have dependencies, et cetera, et cetera, between teams, you know, because there are a lot of shared services that, um, that are being, um, tapped into uh, in, ter in terms of being able to deliver software or deliver value uh, to the customer. But won't you say in the same way or in the same vein, Kanban does expose dependencies within teams that are, let's say delivering software uh, to an end user, delivering some piece of value to a user that's um, potentially usable or shippable or you know of value at the end of the day. Won't you say that dependencies do exist in that framework as well or how, or how does it differ how would the dependencies differ dependencies in my opinion are dependencies right we get regardless of whichever way you look at it right yeah yeah exactly um and, and this is a very good point um you always have dependencies in an organization you cannot avoid dependencies um yeah. and it's it's uh it's if you try to avoid the dependencies um, you you waste your your energy well. Yeah. Um, it's a, it's a, it's important to understand where the dependencies are and how to handle them, and therefore and this this is why I'm such a fan of, of of flight level thinking is so if you have a Kanban system for for a team or maybe you have a team one team working with Scrum and one team working with Kanban and the third team work yeah just working whatever yeah. Mm -hmm. um, they might have dependencies. Um, it could be resources. It could be um, they are working on depending products. Yeah, product A, product B, but they all share. But they share the same database. Yeah, it's a, it's a technical dependency. How can we make sure that these teams exchange 
um, regarding dependencies? How can we make sure that they talk about the dependencies they have? And this is what, what we call flight level two. This is a dependency board. It, uh, it's not a dependency, it's a coordination board between the teams. So it's higher aggregated. We don't see the tasks, but we see maybe the user stories the teams are working on. And uh, representatives of the teams meet on this higher level um, flight level board in order to exact, exactly discuss their, their dependencies. Team A tells team B, we are working on this and uh, team B understands that there is a dependency, so they have to exchange. So when, when we think in flows, so work items flow through the organization, we always need to uh, we need to be aware of uh, what does what does what, what is the trigger of the flow and the trigger of the flow normally is information and communication and a coordination board which is yeah um, above um, the team boards um, helps us trigger exactly the information and helps us designing um, the information flow through the organization you cannot avoid dependencies but you can um, you can make sure that the people know about them, and that they know where the dependencies are, and you can um, foster communication in in order to yeah let let, let uh, the the teams interact in a way that they can handle the dependencies. If I may add um, to to what you guys said. Um, as you said, Andreas, and dependencies are there, like no matter like if it's agile, waterfall, Kanban, Scrum, whatever it is, dependencies are going to be there. The only difference with Kanban would be uh, what I find is it's first of all, it's not going to be um, disruptive with, with the way that you are going to introduce a new method. So it's going to work with the method that you have. So probably in your own method you or, or your ways of working, you have dependency management, right? And then it's going to help you um, identify if this dependency management that you have is a bottleneck for you. Is it, is it, is it, um, is it um, making your flow um, not as smooth as possible. Is it a is it a challenge for the flow? And if that's so, so you can you can have some sort of as Andrea said a flight level two um, coordination meeting. Or um, what we typically do is start from a service and then expand it to the upstream service of that, right? Or to expand it to the downstream of service of that with the ones that have more or less dependencies, right? So. Um, just, just the way that Kanban approaches the dependencies is, is would be different in my opinion. Um, I'm not sure if um, Andreas, you you have the same the same mind because I think at the end of the day everywhere would be dependencies, right? And if you are you are as as you said we are not safe experts, but I'm sure safe has its own version of handling dependencies. Everyone has their own version of it. Like we are just saying that um, based on our ex experiences. Um, handling dependencies must be, um, it feels like, um, as you said, lightweighter compared to, to other, uh, at least like, for example, my experience in the Scrum was that for managing these things, we need to have a Scrum of a Scrum. We need to have another layer on top of what we are doing, another layer of language as you brought it up, Epic, um, a stories feature that you brought it up, Akim, and then we have to agree upon that. What we call the whole, like what we call epic, what we call a story, what we call task. But in, in Kanban, 
everyone can do everything they want. Like one team, as Andrea said, could be Scrum, one team could be Calm, one team could be Waterfall. And we, we, we are just looking at the flow and we are managing the work. Uh, so it would be easier to manage the dependencies. And I guess, um, like I find it, find it, find it uh, this way, um, uh, funny, or not that funny, but simple, simple enough that it's, it's very simple to say it, but when it comes to practicing it, it's complicated. And until you practice it, um, I'm not sure if you, are, you agree with me or not, Andreas, until you practice it, you, you wouldn't understand the nooks and crannies of it. And then after you practice, you find that, oh, this was simple. This was simple and I made it, made it a little bit complicated in the practice, but it was simple. So I'm doing a case study and the whole case study that I'm doing on Kanban is, is, is it's a simple method. So I just want, like, as I said, like everything would be simple then. Uh, uh, your thoughts, do you, do you find it simple, uh, Andreas, or do you find it uh, complicated to, to go about Kanban? Um, it is very simple. Um, the complicated part is, as I said before, it's counterintuitive. So when you, when you ask um, people in charge in an organization, um, um, what do you think? How should your um, resource allocation be? What do most people say? 100%, better 120. Yeah. What I show then is a picture of, uh, of the German Autobahn, the, the, the German highway uh, around Frankfurt, Monday morning at eight, which is a traffic jam. There's nothing going. And I tell them, this is 70% resource allocation. So you have four lanes, which are your resources, and 70% of them are allocated by cars. So you can put more work on the system. You can put 100% resource allocation on the system. But can you tell me then how, to, how much time it may take to come to the next exit um, from, from the outer world? No, you can't. And... Um, this is the blockade, I guess, um, or this is the counterintuitiveness we need to solve. Once this is understood, that we need to have free space in order to move, that we need to have capacity which is able to move the work through the system, um, that it's not a good idea to start too many things at the same time because the people do task switching all the time then, which is also very inefficient, um, then it starts to become easy. But this part of the story is very, very hard to understand when you come from, from a traditional um, organization, when you come from uh, university, have, you, have, yeah, have, I don't know, have an MBA or something, because you learned the exact opposite of what we are, what we are saying, proving and living and, uh, and, and working when, when, when using Kanban. So right. once you understood that, it is simple. Then you can really easily implement that and you can keep improving, yes. But starting and understanding that limitation, prioritizing, um, thinking about what to work on next, um, I mean, prioritizing does not mean um, saying what to work on. Prioritizing means saying what not to work on. Uh, and mm -hmm. this is this is very very hard to understand for for the sea level people. So this is, in, in my opinion, the toughest part. 
Um, one question that I have for you um, came to my mind. I'm not sure if you have the answer for it or you can share your insight. Maybe you should ask Klaus about this one. Um, so when you were talking about the flight levels, I immediately think that people that are might not be knowing Kanban that much or not, not knowing flight levels would, would, would imagine that this is Kanban at a scale. So um, what, what, what are your thoughts on that? Um, is this Kanban at scale, flight levels? Well, um, I wouldn't disagree as a first reaction. Yes. Okay. So uh, call it whatever, whatever you want. <laughs> it's, it's a way of, um, right. of representing an organization in a flow-based system. So what we do in flight levels is we try to, um, to um, design the organization as what we call systems architecture. So we first think about um, what flight level one systems do we need? What do we think? Where do we need flight level two systems for coordination purposes? And where does the strategy work happen in the organization? Another question is, does all the work in the organization come from strategy or are there other paths? Yeah, um, and the answer is yes, of course. Not every work being done is a strategical work. Um, looking at, at, the, at the boards on flight level two and flight level one, you see Kanban boards. Definitely. The strategic board looks a little different because um, on the strategic level, normally you don't have a flow in that sense. It's more about um, it's more about objectives and 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 uh, yeah, make maybe working with OKR objectives, key results, and 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 actions to identify um, strategical um, flight items. Um, but if you want to call it Kanban at scale, yeah, call it Kanban at scale. <laughs> I'm I'm not a fan of that that wording. What I'm just saying, right? Uh, if, if for for naive people that are looking for um, expanding it, right? So for flight levels, how how people can begin learning about that? Do you have good resources that you can share with us? Um, the best resource, I think, for now, the only resource um, is the book by Klaus Leopold. Um, mm -hmm. It's uh, called Rethinking Agile. Um, where the flight level concept is um, explained in a very lightweight way with many pictures, easy to understand, um, based on, on the problems and uh, challenges uh, companies are facing and then right. introducing the way of flight level thinking um, in order to solve these, these things. So this is a very, very good entry. entry. It's, a, it's a cool book. Okay. And we had close once on our on our show as well. He, he talked about um, business agility has nothing to do with teams. Exactly. Which was a, yeah, yeah, which was a really insightful. That's um, totally right. Yeah. Business agility um, is, is, is depending on agile interaction. So how do how does information flow through the organization? That that is what an organization makes makes agile. The number of agile teams. An organization can be agile with waterfall teams. Right. Yeah. It's hard for the scrum for the scrum community, right. but uh, I still believe I'm right. right. Um, we we talked a lot. We talked about um, uh, Kanban. We talked about flight levels. We talked about uh, touched on on dep dependencies a lot. 
we talked about Lean Six Sigma, like we talked about Prince Two. Um, any one of these that you um, that you learn and you um, you advise others to learn as well. So um, they might not be mainstream, right? But you might say that, hey, if you guys want to be a good Kanban coach, I recommend you to be a Lean Six Sigma at least. Like I don't know what the first belt is, like green belt, like or or blue belt would be the first one. Um, um it, it really yeah it, i would say it depends on your personality so i i really love six sigma um i i later also um, made my master black belt um but it's i mean it's based on statistics and it's very very data driven and it's uh, very mathematical um if you're in measuring in in yeah, if you're interested in statistics, then this is a very, very cool method. If you are not, you should not uh, um, use Six Sigma. Then, then other um, things might be more interesting. Um, what I also like, it's it's um, um, the PMI, the Project Management Institute. Mm -hmm. um, so they they do the classical uh, PMP, Project Management Professional certification this is classical project management right. they also introduced in their seventh edition of their project management body of knowledge um, iterative working and agile methods and um, i like that it's, it's it's not too bad because it represents the reality of of many organizations many organizations think about working in hybrid models because they come from the tra traditional world they know that they need to become more adaptive. Um, and then this way of uh, introducing agile thinking and agile mindset might be the right one um, because it's based on what they know. It's based on the classical project management, introducing iterative ways of working. Um, it's, it's, it's maybe not what the agile community likes to hear, but uh, you asked me and uh, yeah, I yeah. said it's not too um, bad. Yeah, and, and I know that PMI, they invested heavy in Agile. They, they acquired that or DAD, like the, the framework and this part of Agile. Like if you were uh, like, uh, if you were that certified, you are a PMI certified now, right? I don't know how, how that worked out, but right now, like you cannot be that certified anymore unless you go through PMI. So it's good that um, in the in the PM board, right, at least this, this mindset is, is flourishing, right? And and uh, we, we should we should thank them because because it's going to make our lives easier if you work with the project managers that has heard of those like think about like iterative ways of working as well right um thank you thank you andreas um is there anything else that we we uh, we wanted to cover but we forgot to cover or is there anything else that you want to share with us before um we say goodbye um well i don't know because we forgot Hmm. Right. So, no, it's I, always, I, I think we covered the second all the major topics. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, um, would 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 our listener be able to contact you? And if so, how would you like to be contacted if they have more questions, wanted to connect with you? Um, what are what are the things yeah, the, that they can do? The easiest way is um, over my LinkedIn profile or over my website, which is. Rein, R-E-I-N, minus digital.com. Okay. 
Yeah, which is which is funny in Germany because my last name Rhein uh, translated to English would mean pure, and Rhein Digital then would mean purely digital. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, so Rhein minus digital.com um, is, a, is a good way to contact me, and there you can find some. It's in English as well, so you can switch from right. German to English. Right. Um, I have some uh, some text there. I have a reference to the book I wrote, and yeah, you can right. find me there. Awesome, awesome. Um, any any um any experience to share on running your own business because i believe rain digital or rain digital if i pronounce it properly is yours right and how long are you running that tell us any anything that you 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 might want to share with us i i started as a freelance consultant in 2004 and since okay, then wow, okay. since then I'm, I'm i'm on my own as i said i started in classical project management i started with i work yeah work as a trainer and since uh 2011 um with kanban and yeah the last five years flight levels kanban as an akt and akc yeah sounds good okay thank you andreas it was a, a pleasure having you on on uh, on the show and um, really appreciated your time and uh, um, best of luck to you